0: Hello, and welcome back to His Simple Truths Podcast Series.
1: Hello, everybody. My
0: name is Greg Mullins.
1: And I'm Tyson Thompson.
0: And we're back.
1: (laughs) Finally. (laughs) Okay, like 20,000 miles of driving later. I've been on the road, but I'm like a prodigal man. I'm home. Like, it feels good to be home.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Tyson's been hauling cattle from California to Missouri for the last... 30 days or however long yeah, it's been. Yeah, not that long. And prior to that, we had tried three times to record a podcast, and the Lord basically shut us down. it's so, so like,
1: hey, figure this out.
0: I think we needed some time to have some experiences and learn some lessons. Super awesome. Just a couple days ago, as we talked about a podcast, he actually delivered to us eight new podcast titles, which are awesome. Yep. Super excited to be able to share those um, over the next couple weeks here. So today, podcast 23, the title is Get In Your Own Game. Get In Your Own Game. One of the things that we're seeing across the board, our prophet's pushing, right? He's pushing us for personal revelation. He's pushing us to seek after mysteries. He's pushing us outside of the box.
1: He's He's pushing us once we get revelation. To act on it, which has like been a huge stumbling block for people that Greg and I are mentoring with, is like, well, I, I feel like I've been told this, but um, but I, I I really don't know if I should. And, and Greg and I are like, we'll freaking do it, like just do it, like stop sitting around thinking about it or. And know, getting stuck in analysis paralysis and just do what you've been told.
0: Yeah. I've had multiple people who've come to me like, I need you to help me with my purpose. And 10 minutes into the conversation, it's very clear that they know what their purpose is. Right. They just need a kick in the boat cheeks to right. get moving. Exactly.
1: <laughs> yep. We all do.
0: Yeah. No question. Definitely not leaving us out of that equation. No. no. <laughs> so as I've thought about this topic and title, um, We are spending too much time worrying about what everybody else is doing or what everybody else is thinking. Like this is a period of time where the the prophet has asked us literally to connect ourselves directly to the Savior and start receiving our own personal revelation. I've had multiple people ask me, but what are you listening to? Or what are you reading? What books are you reading? What do you, what podcast are you listening to? I haven't read a book or listened to a podcast for a while. Right. If I have free time to do that, I'm spending it with the Lord. Yep. In the scriptures with the Lord, learning what he needs me to do personally. Um, yeah, Not worrying about what everybody else is doing. Yep. Yeah. Our prophet... he he is teaching us how to become a Zion people. So in order for me to go out and help anybody else, I have to get myself right first. And I have to connect myself to the Savior, one heart, one mind, before I can ever go out and help another individual. And if I'm worried about what everybody's thinking about me or what they might think about me and I'm ignoring the the savior's voice or the prophet's voice to get doing something and maybe that's something something as simple as getting on a a mentoring call right which you've been told to do right right get some help from somebody yep if we're doing that then we are not one with the Lord.
1: No, you've just made your religion caring about what other people think. Yeah. Right? And that is the antithesis of Jesus Christ in the meridian of time. Yeah. Let go read the scriptures a couple times and we'll get to this in a later podcast but just go read the New Testament and see if he gave two rips about what their tradition or what their opinions were. Yeah. He purposefully did things like healed a man on the Sabbath with Pharisees looking on and then told the man, okay, you break the Sabbath with me, pick up your bed and walk with it, right? Yep. Like, so here's fearless Christ, right? Not afraid to do what he's supposed to be doing. And we're supposed to do something different than he did? No, he's telling you to be fearless. Doesn't mean you were reckless, right? But he... He was pretty fearless in doing what he was supposed to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we we are at a critical state right now. I know you're seeing it. I know you're feeling the attacks of the adversary increase. People we're talking to in the mentoring programs, everybody's getting hammered right now. Yeah. Yep. The adversary is doing whatever he can to. Make us scared to act because we're afraid of getting pounded by him. Uh, Make us worried about everything that's happening around us. Whatever he can do to neutralize us and keep us from moving forward and doing, doing what the Lord's asking us to do.
1: Yeah, President Nelson said in this last conference, the talk spiritual treasures, he says... What I can tell you is that accessing the power of God in your life requires the same things that the Lord instructed Emma to do in section, one, in section 25 of the Doctrine and Covenants. And if you go read that like he suggested for all of us, not just the sisters, you'll see the things that he asked Emma to do. Part of this endeavor will require you to put aside many things of this world, including your fear and distraction, uh, your fear of what other people are going to think. Sometimes we speak almost casually about walking away from the world with its contention, pervasive temptations and false philosophies, but truly doing so requires you to examine your life meticulously and regularly. As you do so, the Holy Ghost will prompt you about what to what is no longer needful and what is no longer worthy of your time and attention and energy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a whole podcast. I know. In one paragraph.
1: Dude, he keeps going that whole talk, (laughs) spiritual treasures, October 2019. Like three weeks, four weeks ago, the prophet just said that. In the the context of telling sisters, hey, you're not going to get a manual on how to operate in the matriarchal side of the priesthood. Like, just go to the Lord, read these three sections, and then let the Holy Ghost guide you. Yeah. Right? I can hear the collective sigh of the, of the, uh, opposition right out there. Like, Oh boy, dude, Greg and Tyson just told sisters to operate in, the, in their priesthood. Uh, newsflash. I didn't, the Lord did through his prophet. So if you have a problem with it, go talk to the prophet because he's the one who said it.
0: We are going to give some pointers. That's one of the podcasts we were. <laughs> <Right. doing. laughs>
1: yeah. But most of these are what we're observing sisters do right. Yep. As they operate in their priesthood.
0: Yep. Or just helping to clarify what what they heard from the prophet. Right. I love in that quote that you just read that the prophet is asking us to get things out of our life that don't matter anymore. Right. And the only way you're going to know which ones don't matter anymore, according to what the prophet just said, is go to the Lord and ask him, what things do I need to remove? I love this quote by Elder Anderson. He said, A prophet does not stand between you and the Savior. Rather, he stands beside you And points the way to the Savior. Mm -hmm. That's what he's doing. He is trying with everything he's got to connect God's people back where it belongs.
1: Yeah, this is not a, a man of the cloth, right? Standing up in his Melchizedek monotone saying, children, listen to me. I know the way, right? No, he's like, hey, I'm going to stand here next to you and I'm going to show you what I've seen others figure out and what I have figured out and then help you to determine what you need to figure out in order for you to move forward with what you're supposed to be doing. He's partnering with us
0: and he's giving us, he's giving us permission, right? Right. Like for so long, we've been so locked down in traditions that he's giving us permission to To move outside of that box, Mm -hmm. to really start to see what God has available, I think back to Elder Uchtdorf's talk, a couple—I don't know—a couple years ago, where he talked about living below our privileges. Mm -hmm. So, what does that even mean, living below our privileges? If we look at the church, the church as we've known it for the last, for me, for. How old I am? Forty-three years. I don't even
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> Older than me by two years.
0: Like there's the there's this you can do this but don't do that attitude. Right. So just a quick example of that would be, um, don't talk about the mysteries with other people. Like don't have a cottage meeting and talk with each other. Right. Prophet blew that out of the water. Yep. Elder Oaks repeated it in this last conference that yeah. we should be doing
1: that. Yeah, just make sure you know who you're talking to him about and, or with. That's what he said.
0: And don't present it as doctrine. Right. That's yeah. that. So many people are listening to these other teachers that are out there, and they're like, "Oh, he said it. That must be doctrine." Right. And the, and then they get lost in the weeds trying to figure out how to follow this. Yeah. Not a false prophet, but a teacher who is giving his opinion.
1: Right, and you know that was all made very clear to me at one point. Um, I won't say who, but I remember listening to an obscure talk in the 1970s from an apostle, and him going off about men with facial hair and long beard, uh, long hair and facial long hair and and. And facial hair, right? Like, and it was clearly his opinion. In fact, the spirit left, right? And this is an apostle. And I'm like, Lord, right? And he's like, yep, that's him, the man, right? That's not him, the apostle. That's him, the man. And and discerning that and going, oh, and that's why President Oaks talked about that in this current, this talk that he just gave, right? Was you've, you've got to have a few witnesses in order to take something as, as hard doctrine, Otherwise, it was the opinion of a man. And he says even it might even be a relative opinion that you might be worth studying, but it's it's actually an opinion. That's right. So.
0: Yeah, I love in that talk. He talks about how much we think we know, (laughs) but how little we actually
1: know. We are so one dimensional. (laughs) Like in our the Lord has made this clear to me and I'm not I'm blanketing that myself underneath that blanket. Like I've been the Lord and I have been working intensely on helping me to have paradigm shifts. I think I talked about it, but I'm on like day 90 of the Lord going, taking his spirit away when I think or say something that's not true. And I'm like, wait, wait, what did I do? Right. And I've got to analyze it. And then I realize, oh, that is not a truth. So he, he helps me to extract it and move on. And that is so true. Like we are so one dimensional and base level in what we understand. And the, complexity of the plan of agency with every single human being on the planet and the Lord's plan for every individual and yet the overarching plan for everybody is mind-blowing. When the Lord starts to tip the curtain a little bit, my knees get shaky, right? I'm like, oh, wow. It's breathtaking.
0: It really is. And that's something that I've begun to see really clearly as well is there are are very few absolutes mm-hmm. as I've mentored with people. So I, I told you in a prior podcast that when we started the, the mentoring program for those who are going through addiction, so like addiction recovery, I had a 12 lesson program set mm-hmm. and I spent a lot of time on that dang thing. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: um, then the Lord was like, <laughs> Put the whole thing through the shredder. You're like,
0: wait, wait, wait. First five appointments, not a single thing said in them that was in my program. <laughs> and I'm like, Lord, we spent all this time making this program. And he's like, oh, no, that was your program. You, not my you, program. You did that. <laughs> and as I've mentored with so many different amazing, awesome people, it's different for each individual. Like, I'm not teaching the same thing to each individual. Like, the Lord, this is what this person needs. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like a completely different thing than what I've told another person, but they're the exact same thing told in a way that that person can understand it and move forward with it. Yep. We, We get so hung up on trying to be right that we plug our brain and we can't even hear the Lord trying to tell us, in a way that we can understand it.
1: Oh, it smacks of so much pride. And Greg and I are both guilty of it, right? Like, we'd get to this this spiritual summit and be like, yeah, I was the first one here, right? <laughs> Can't wait to teach everybody else this, right? And and that's not the Lord's way, right? Like, He sometimes he might want me to share something with Greg, and other times he's like, no, he's got to discover this in his way, right? And, and so I watch Greg wrestle with something, and, and he's done the same for me, and the Lord's like, nope, I'm working with him. Just... Just leave it. My program. Yeah.
0: That's like, if there's somebody in your life right now that you're concerned about and you feel like you're not fulfilling your stewardship to help them, even though you've tried everything you can think of, I just really encourage you to go to the Lord and ask, are they on your program? Yeah. Like, are they in your hands?
1: Yep. Let me give an example of that. And this is not a blanket statement so don't take this as an absolute truth for your case and your situation but greg and i over and over and over and over have have moms or dads calling and talking to us about their kids my son he was this valiant warrior growing up he went on his mission came home got sucked into drugs and pornography right and just like on and on and on right and and i'm like okay and I'm listening. And I had a mother reach out to me this last week. I happen to know where her son lives and happened to make some promises and covenants to her, which I'm still keeping on check on keeping an eye on on her two boys that live here close by. And she messages me and she's like <clears throat> she's like, I'm really, really concerned, you know, can you check in on them and da da da, you know? And I'm like, I'm checking in with the Lord, like, do I need to do anything? And he's like, Nope. That's her worry. I'm like, okay, what can I tell her to assuage her grief, right? And I use the Orson F. Whitney quote that I've used many times about the eternal ceilings of faithful parents and, um, and their service in the cause of truth. And then the Lord has me tell her something that I had never supposed, which just sounds like a mystery, but it really was. He told me to tell her that he has her two sons and that they are both In the situations they're in, because it's what they covenanted to do, even though it's not the ideal, right, for what we would think your life should look like, because of things that happen to them throughout the course of their lives that are very dynamic and damaging, they at this point are veiled warriors. That's what I was told to tell her. And I was like, what? Veiled warriors, right? And I had to stop and think about what the heck does that even mean? But they, in the situations that they are in, are veiled warriors. And this is a true principle, because if you go into the Book of Mormon and you think about Alma, the elder, right, listening to Abenadi, what else was he other than a veiled warrior, right? Because as soon as another warrior came along and said, stand up, right, the right warrior for him, yep. when Abenadi came, right, what did Alma do? He stood up, right? Yep. And then... His son later on, right? Him and his buddies, Ammon and and the sons of Mosiah and Alma, the younger, right? All stand up, right? And they were veiled warriors. Amulek. Right, Amulek. Yeah, totally called many times, right? So when you're worried about somebody and you've seen their heart and know the power that they have, maybe just go ask the Lord. You know, are they... (laughs) your hands are they in your hands are they doing right now the thing that they need to be doing even if it's contrary to what we would like them to be doing in order for them to have the experience necessary to go out and pull an alma the younger pull an amulek pull a alma the elder you know and change the face of a nation probably
0: yeah that's so just to tie into that if we spend all of our time worried about what everybody else is doing we're not developing ourselves. Yep. And it has been my experience, and I've had those same promptings to talk to different parents that Tyson just mentioned to let them know that their children are currently veiled. Mm -hmm. Like they're where they are because the Lord's waiting for that parent to get to a place where they have enough power to defend their children as he wakes them up. Yep. Because what happens is when you come online, and you start trying to do what you're supposed to be doing, the adversary, he sees you. <clears throat> so just today, mentoring a brother, he hands me a key, and it's the bug zapper analogy. <laughs> <laughs> so I just love this. You come online with glory, light, and power, and truth. All of a sudden, all of the darkness, mosquitoes flies are being attracted to the bug zapper vermin as that comes to you you have to learn how to zap them yep it's not the light that zaps them it's the electrical field that's around the light that zaps them Mm -hmm. and the stronger your light gets the more darkness you will draw to you, which actually takes darkness away from those that are around you. And if you're zapping that darkness, you're freeing up space for light to come to those that are around you. Yep. So you, if you picture that, because a lot of people are like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready to fulfill my mission because I don't want the adversary to... To come after me Like they've experienced it before They try to stand up And all of a sudden They're getting hammered And they're like Like I'm just gonna go Sit back down Cause I don't <laughs> <Right>. want <laughs> uh,
1: Yeah Standing up And taking them Off the chin right From speed From somebody Who's very adept At speed bag right Just And you're like
0: uh, And you this don't sucks The thing is Is you don't have to Take them on the chin Nope If you'll put up The electric field That zaps them Mm-hmm. So in this case, my personal opinion, that would be the savior, right? Yep. Yep. He's the one that has power to neutralize those attacks as they come at you. Right. At least take the pain out of them so you don't feel them anymore. Yep. And so we have to get to a point where we are connected to the savior so that as those attacks, as we stand up and our light gets brighter and brighter and more darkness is coming at us, we're just sitting there watching the Lord bug zap, right? Like, <laughs> right. Enjoying yeah. it. And I can't tell you how many times, like, gosh, just horrible attacks from the adversary come in my direction. And I'm just looking at it like, nice try. Like, right. <laughs> you got nothing.
1: I got, the Lord's got me yeah. enveloped in his 360 yep. bubble. And it's not to say that those things don't affect you. But you sometimes as you watch those things, you're going to experience some emotion with them, right? Like a little bit. And, and the Lord will help you process that. I remember not too long ago,
0: you'll experience as much of that as you choose to take. Mm -hmm. Yep. You can either give it to the Lord or you can take it yourself.
1: Right. And sometimes he may want you to take little pieces of it. There's another truth, right? Like I was feeling some anger and then I was like, oh, nope, I'm going to push that away. The Lord's like, no, I want you to feel it this time, right? Because this is a situation, it had to do with unrighteous dominion. He said, this is a situation where I want you to feel that so that you can learn how to interpret it and have righteous indignation about the situation. So control that, it. yeah, so you can control it and use it as as justification in his eyes to act in accordance with that. But but that's not all the time. Um, you know, the bubble analogy is, is huge because when you have that shield of faith up, right, which is that 360 degree electrical field zapping bugs, it literally is that. I mean, you can be, I just had experiences, every load of cows I hauled out of California, something happened, right? Like I'm talking blown tires, I had a cow die in the trailer, like just fall and then couldn't get up. And I had to, I am like in the middle of the night in Elko, Nevada at the county, um, thankfully the county uh, fairgrounds was open like unloaded calves in the middle of the night, lost one out there, running around around a horse track, right? Three in the morning by myself. And I'm just like, okay, right? Like I really wasn't, overly f- stressed or frustrated. I was just like rolling with it. Right. Like actually it was kind of funny at a couple points, right. Where I'm like, are you serious? Like I trapped this calf and then it ran out the other way. And I was like, I didn't block that off. What am I thinking? Right. And I laughed. I was just like, Oh, touche, you're a smart little calf, but you're not getting out next time. Right. But <clears throat> I didn't let that situation overwhelm me. Cause at the end of the day, If I lose a trailer full of cows, I guess I lose a trailer full of cows, right? But, like, the Lord was showing me that I could handle chaos in that moment. And at one point, that same calf, right, could have gone left, could have gone right, or really actually could have skirted around where I was standing because there was room to get by. And I stopped in my tracks, right? And I'm like, nope, I'm doing it different this time. I'm like, I'm using the priesthood, right? And so I'm like, go through the gate. Right, just in a in a matter of fact, loving and commanding way, go through the gate, right. And that calf, she looked left, she looked right, and she just put her head straight forward and walked right through the gate. And I was like, really?
0: (laughs) That was easier. (laughs) That was way easier than
1: running (laughs) around out here, not sleeping right while a dying cow is in the trailer, right. So, so those attacks and those situations are perfectly designed if we'll use them. And, and, and most of it, we can completely, when, when Satan would have wanted me to be frustrated in all of that, I wasn't right. I was just like, nope. And the bug zapper was up. And then in the instances when it drilled down and things were really tough and I was really tired and I'm still chasing this calf, the Lord's like, Hey, now you have all the tools you need with the practice you need. Just make a command and make it happen. And I was
0: like, wow. So you just, you just called it a shield of faith. I'd like to also add to that it's a shield of grace because the faith, the power of that faith is the grace that's actually zapping the the problem, right? Or absorbing it or giving us um, um, power through his grace to have the strength to do whatever it is. So maybe sometimes the bug doesn't get zapped but we have enough strength to take care of it, to handle it, to deal with it. Yep. So it's it all comes back to the Savior again. His grace is that shield. We're having faith in him to either block the adversary's advances or give us the strength we need to to deal with it. Yep. To move forward. For sure.
1: I think another one that's came coming into my mind is like super, um, super strongly. Is last night we had dinner with um, with some friends. It was actually an impromptu thing. We walked into the same restaurant that they were in, and um, so we ended up sitting with them and and sharing bread, really literally breaking pizza together, right? Breaking bread, and <clears throat> I love the spirit of of this sister, the um, wife of my buddy. Um, she is all about and has been, right? Like someone, some would call her like the feminist or the, you know, wanting the sister wanting power and, and, you know, wanting the priesthood or whatever, but she just wants to be treated with respect. Right. And so because of that, she's, she's been pretty angry, um, for a while and I've watched it. And, and last night it, I finally was able to. In conversation with her to identify with that and, and say, I understand why you're angry. You, you sh- There should be a certain level of, I mean, President Nelson in his talk talked about how angry, angry and frustrated he gets basically with seeing injustice and perpetuated upon sisters. And he apologized to the sisters for feeling marginalized and sidelined, right? So he identified with them. And that's what I did with this sister. And then I was like, but I said, and then I told her but I'm like what do you what do you want? Well, I just want to be treated with respect. I want to be free to do my mission and do what I've been called to do and I'm like then do it. <laughs> right but we are that way i'm that way right i'll get like greg seen me right i hold on to this like offense right that somebody's done against me right and sisters we know you're marginalized okay there's no hiding that like the sisters have been marginalized i'll tell you church in church history there have been leaders i'm not going to make a list of them who have been sexist right like it's just happened and and the church has apologized for for those situations when they, it's clear the intent of a leader historically was was sexist, like they've apologized for that. But the vast majority of righteous priesthood holders in the church, it's not been that way. So there is a culture and an undertone. But my question to you, sisters, or to brothers, or whoever, if you've been marginalized, right, is what are you doing about it, right? Because the prophet, sisters, just gave you the green light. Like he told you, DNC 25, 113, and 74, I don't remember what three sections, right? Go study. And then go to the Lord, right? Have him teach you, right? Have the Holy Ghost as your guide to understand how to operate in your covenant priesthood. Yeah. Like, wh- and that's what I asked this sister, right? Last night at dinner. I'm like, what do you want? I just want to be unabated and I don't want people to judge me. And I was like, you're not going to get that. Yeah. Like you don't get to choose, right? If yep. you choose Christ and operate the way you're supposed to, you don't get to choose to not have the, the consequence of people judging you. People exactly. judge Greg and I all the time. Yep. We like it. <laughs> right. It's fine. Yeah. Like, I'm like grateful for it. I'm like, oh, cool. Somebody else hates us. And That's left how we a- know
0: we're doing the right thing. <laughs>
1: right. Somebody else hates us and left us a nice, lovely, present of a comment somewhere <laughs> right which is fine like it's okay i yep. i understand they're on a different level in in on jacob's ladder that we talked about right they're at a different place learning a different law yep. and that's okay like i don't judge them for that right but i'm also certainly not going to sit around and care so much either about my own anger and frustration about how i've been offended or about what other people think yep. both of those are damning situations right yeah they hold you back from what you're supposed to be doing sisters if you've been offended good right like and and i don't mean that in in a you know a neener neener way right like i'm not thumbing my nose at you i'm saying good go to the lord with that hurt and he'll say yep that was wrong that shouldn't have happened but then he'll say what are you going to do about it right are you going to sit around wring your hands and be angry or are you going to stand up like the prophet just told you with your priesthood and get after it
0: yeah yeah that's gosh being a brother sitting and listening to the prophet, green light the sisters to move forward and telling yes. them, "You're not going to find it in a book." Right. We're not putting out a handbook on this, sisters. Let me translate that for you. There's no red handbook for or, this, or white handbook. It's not in it in right. there. <laughs> like, go. Yep. And we're going to talk about more of that in the, the, the other podcast. But when we when we stop progressing or moving forward because we're worried about what another individual thinks about us we have stopped the flow of revelation
1: that's, that's you're damned when you stop the flow that's you're right. damning it you're damned you damned yourself
0: that's right and all that means is you have chosen to look away from the savior and you're looking at another individual for approval And if the Savior has already given you revelation and you look away, that's even worse. Right. He is literally standing there like, um, hello, Mm -hmm. (laughs) why are you worried about, and it doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter if it's the bishop. It doesn't matter if it's, it doesn't matter who it is. If the Lord tells you to do something and that's your personal revelation, then you have to make a choice of whether you're going to follow that or not. And if you don't, you have stopped him from being able to give you more.
1: I know a sister who walked into her stake president's office following a prompting, sat down and taught him a chapter of scripture, and then taught him about personal revelation. Like, how huge is that, right? Like, he started to ask her questions about how he could be more effective at receiving personal revelation, right? Because this sister wasn't afraid. Yeah. Right, Like that is a big thing to do. And yet the, the results were miraculous. Yep. Huge.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If, if you're feeling stuck, like you don't know what you're supposed to do, I would challenge you to go back in your mind and replay everything that the Savior's already told you to do.
1: Because chances are, if you're stuck, it's because you're not doing something he's told you to do.
0: Almost always that's the case.
1: And we only know that because it's been us that has done that over and over. I'm like, I feel stuck. What happened? And the Lord's like, I don't know. He's kind of got his arms folded and he's just looking at me. What happened? And I'm like, yeah, last week you told me to do blah, blah, blah. Yep. And I didn't do it. And he's like, yep. So you should probably do that. And then as soon as I commit and start down the road of acting, the revelation flow just, yeah. it's like everything I missed in that week long period of not listening just comes all at once. And then some, right. That's right. Cause he's like, yes, I'm going to reward you for this repentance process you just went through.
0: Well, and I think for him, when we, when we're moving forward and he says something and we stop, he's like, no, don't stop. Stop. Right. I can't give you anything. This is all agency-based. When you make the choice to stop, he has to stop, too. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a choice. Yep. And so when you get to the place and you're like, oh, I recognize that. Forgive me, Lord. I'm moving forward. He's like, yes. Bah! Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then he- you're like, oh. That's too much. (laughs) Slow
1: it down. Actually, thankfully, you kind of get to the place, too, where you're able to keep up with it and you look forward to those surges. Um, Yeah. I mean, I just got one, right? Like, talking to Greg, just getting together with him. It wasn't. No, it was. I'll Mm -hmm. repent publicly. Like, I was given something in Revelation. Mm -hmm that I hadn't fully embraced, right? Because I didn't understand it. And don't get caught in that trap either, right? Yeah. The Lord gives you something. Look at he look, look at how he operated with Lehi, right? He gave him the end vision yep. of them in the promised land. Yep. Did he give him everything in between? No. No. And then he said, "Get out of Jerusalem," right? Yeah. And what did Lehi do? Hey, get up everybody, get your camels loaded, we're leaving town, right? Yeah. And they left. And then 3 days later, they're out there and the Lord's like, "Hey, you probably need some scriptures." Right. And right. he has like, oh, yeah, we got to go back and get scriptures. <laughs> right. And then five days, seven days down the road, right. You better go back and get some wives for your sons. Right. And then, you know, and then they get to the ocean and they're like, I don't know how to build a ship. Right. I want to build a ship. Right. So it is never a linear process. And when he gives you a little bit of envision and then tells you to do something, if you don't take that step because you get an analysis paralysis prepare to be to have the floodgates closed and get nothing for a while that's right and and be stuck with your broken bow and everybody's freaking out in the middle of the wilderness because they're hungry right like that's
0: exactly right
1: like don't fall into that trap because i did that on something i was just going to say that and didn't do what i was supposed to do because i didn't understand it completely i didn't say something to someone that i was supposed to say even though i didn't understand it yeah and then dude, I've been getting wrecked like the last day and a half. Right. And thankfully the windows are getting shorter. Right. For me, but I'm like, Oh man, I've been getting wrecked. And then I sit down with Greg and we're talking and I'm like, Oh, that's what I should have done and didn't do. And now I've done it. And all of a sudden the flow of revelation started again, like in the last hour.
0: Yeah. That, and this, this scenario that we're talking about, we've seen it repeated over and over and over again through the mentoring process. Yeah individuals who have been told something and they're like, Greg, Tyson, I'm just stuck. Will you help me get unstuck? And I'm just to the point now where I just rewind them right there in that moment. All right, let's look at the last 30 days. Is there anything the Lord told you to do that you didn't do? <laughs> Nothing there? Okay, go 60 days. Is there anything in the last 60 days? And almost always we can find something that they were directed to do that either they forgot about or they were too scared to do. They got an
1: analysis paralysis over it. Yep,
0: I don't know how to do that.
1: Right, they were scared of it, right? because The implications or some of the fear of the implications of what they were told yep.
0: to do might have. That So just to give you an example of that, when we were directed to begin the mentoring program, man, there was a lot of questions that came up. Right. And a lot of fears, concerns, you know, are we going to be accused of priestcraft? Right. You know, how are we going to provide for our families when we're doing this full time?
1: We did wring our hands for a fair amount of time. Like, I don't know what to do. Trying to
0: figure it out. And then finally, at one point, we both just recognized that this is what the Lord needed us to do right now. Right. And so we stepped out and he started teaching us don't charge for them there's going to be people who can't afford it this right. is my program not yours mm-hmm. offer up the ability for people to give donations right. and i'll take care of you i'll prompt people to send you what you need to take care of your family as you take care of my family
1: and over and over and over he delivers yeah. on that promise yeah. all the time like well things will be getting close and we'll have some things that are coming due and then all of a sudden he inspires somebody to to drop some money as a donation some people most of these people who've never even actually mentored, mentored you know and and yet it just comes and that's how he operated with lehi right yeah. like he didn't give lehi enough food right and water and everything they needed to get all the way through the wilderness right like he they had what they needed as they went in order to keep them hungry like a, an obedient dog, right? Is a dog that's on that's that's just on barely enough food.
0: Yeah. And I
1: hate to say that, but that's the <laughs> truth, right? And and that is how it's designed for most of us, right? If he gave us the glut, right, of everything plus that we needed, I've watching I'm watching rich men wrestle right now. They want to embrace what the things that that everyone's talking about the prophet and you know things that greg and i talk about but they're having a hard time with it because it they don't hurt bad enough to want that change but my guarantee is if you're listening to this you're hurting bad enough that you want the change so just make the change make a decision
0: recognize recognize the fruits so when the lord put this mentoring program together for us i had no clue how powerful it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I was, I've was. i been mentoring with a young man, 18 years old, just turning 19, who had struggled with some addictions for a long time and didn't have a desire to get out of the addictions, really. Like, even though he wanted to, he didn't have any motivation. And through the mentoring program, we were able to discover for him who he is and what he's passionate about and show him how awesome the priesthood is and and show him what
1: what he's capable of doing with the priesthood and he's doing it,
0: you know? Oh my gosh. He woke up and, and the Lord showed him, literally showed him who he is. And I wish that I could somehow get across this podcast that you could feel when I first started talking to him, it was like, meh, like I'm on this call because my dad told me to. Right. To now when I talk to him and he's like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. <laughs> like, yeah. I love my life. I love working for the Lord. Like, right. just excited and pumped up. And right. this is repeating over and over. Just yesterday I was mentoring with a brother um, who was struggling with some addictions through his life. and. And he came through, it was about four or five mentoring appointments. He comes through this process and all of a sudden, and he's been through AA programs, he's been through psychiatrists and blah, 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 trying to overcome this, right? Mm -hmm. He finally connects with the Savior and recognizes that he wants his behavior to be in alignment with the Savior's behavior so that he can have the spirit that he was feeling through the mentoring appointments on a regular basis. Mm-hmm.
1: Best drug ever, by the way. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he makes that connection. I get on the phone with him last night and I'm it's like I'm talking to a new man. Yep. Like, who are you? I feel <laughs> this
1: power coming from him. Yeah. I've seen it over and over. I know I had a young man who was like you know, he liked he liked playing fantasy video games, right? And he he enjoyed pornography, right? He liked, he liked looking in that and living in those fantasy worlds. And I'm like, okay, or how would you like to earn, to learn to operate in the spiritual dimension and use your priesthood authority to actually destroy demons, right? And bind them and cast them into the pit and those kinds of things for the Lord. And all of that prepares you to be to be the apple of the eye uh, in the eye of of your queen when you meet her right because he's Mm -hmm. not married like you can go look at porn and play in fantasy worlds and video games or you can literally be a hero with your priesthood for people yeah and then meet the most amazing woman you could ever hope to meet and marry her in the temple of God and have fullness of the priesthood together and continue to do that work. And he's like the same thing, like total shift, like, whoa, like (laughs) this has been available this whole time. And I've been over here, you know, messing around with it, with Satan's program. Right. And it is that back to the process of, of remembering who they are and remembering their purpose. Right. And then repeating it right over and over. Wash, rinse, repeat.
0: Yeah. That's the whole point of this podcast. Get in your game. Not the game, your game.
1: Yeah, what is your mission, right? That brother
0: he was just talking about was in Satan's game.
1: Yep, literally, games.
0: Many people that we talk to, they're in everybody else's game. Right. They're worried about everything that's happening around them. And, you know, they're worried
1: about this family member and that family member. And when are these people going to get it? And I just need to stay here and, and wait for everybody to wake up and come along. Right. And it's like, no, that's not what the Lord told you to do. Right. Remember, even the Savior himself said things like a prophet is never received well in his own land. Right. He doesn't has no honor in his own land. He had to go outside of his own land to teach the gospel to be heard because people who quote unquote knew him. Right. Wouldn't listen to him. Yeah. So like, see that yourself. I'm not saying abandon all those relationships. I'm saying the Lord's already telling you what you need to be doing in the context that you need to do it in and who you need to help along. And they're probably not the people you're worried about trying to help right now and wringing your hands over. Right. Like that's the big thing is you got to go where the Lord sends you. He might tell you, you need to, to help your son, but, how you're probably going to do that is by going out to do something else for somebody else. And then the shift that will happen in you that Greg was talking about, people will notice and they'll be like, Hey, what happened? Well, I've just really been focusing on what the Lord tells me to. And then that light that you start emanating because you're not sitting around wringing your hands will start attracting, you know, your own family and friends and people you love to go, what are you doing different? There's a different light about you. I mean, we've heard people say that over and over about what happens to them.
0: Think about how bright a bug zapper is. Right. (laughs) Like the light that's emanated from that. Yes, it's gonna attract darkness. We've already talked about how to get rid of that, those effects, but it will also attract people who want that kind of light. Mm -hmm. They wanna be able to defend themselves. Yep. And you'll be able to teach them If you're willing, I love, 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 love how the prophet always makes it an option. Right. When he's called up the battalion, when he called up the youth, when he called up the men, when he called up the women, when he called up the young kids, all separately, it was always if you want to participate, it's all based in agency. You have to make your choice. Do you want to get in the game by getting in your game? or not. Because until you make that decision that you're not going to let anybody else stand between you and the savior, you're blocking what he's able to do for you. Second Nephi chapter nine, verse 41. Oh, then my beloved brethren come unto the Lord, the Holy one. Remember that his paths are righteousness. Behold, the way for man is narrow, but it lieth in a straight course before him. And the keeper of the gate is the holy one of Israel, and he employeth no servant there. The Savior is everything. His direct revelation to you, when the prophet called us up, brethren, he's like, in a coming day, if you haven't figured out your priesthood, paraphrasing, you're in trouble. Yep. I almost said something else. I got <laughs> detoured. Yep, <laughs> which is good. President Iring, do you know how to move mountains, control principalities and powers? Do you know how to call upon God to deliver your family? Yep. Those are the types of things that in this relative period of peace we should be concerning ourselves with. Yep. Get yourself figured out first. Figure out what you don't know and what you're not doing based upon bad information, bad knowledge. Mm -hmm. Start taking those things out of your life one by one like the prophet told you to. Ask him, is that a tradition? Is this thought pattern, this belief pattern that I have, is this from you, God, Lord? Or is this from a tradition Mm -hmm. that man has built up? And when he tells you it's a tradition, drop it like a hot rock. Right. And move forward with what he's asking you to do. The prophet said, President Irons said, control principalities and powers and dominions. Great. That is Satan's kingdom. That's what he's talking about. Yep. So you need to learn how to do that, how to cast out devils and unclean spirits. Go say that in priesthood and watch everybody like... Ah, Right? Who cares what they think?
1: I stood, I sat in a, in a, um, in a priesthood meeting a few weeks ago and I said something that the spirit told me to, right? And I, I happened to know that there was a prior patriarch near the front of that room and a member of a stake presidency near the front of that room and a prior bishop or two. Right. And when I said what I said, and here's what I said, this is, this is, is an interesting thing. This is a little tidbit. Maybe you can go study it if this matters to you, but don't go study it because I said it, right? Go study it because it needs, because like you need to. told you. Right. But I'm just giving an indication. So somehow the conversation got completely derailed away from what we were supposed to be talking about anyway. So I was like, okay. <clears throat> so we were talking about Adam and Eve and we were talking about the commandment not to partake of the fruit. And I don't know if you realize this, brothers and sisters, and I'm making no assertion in any way you have to go find out for the Lord what this means. But in all three canonical accounts, Eve wasn't even in the garden when the commandment not to partake of the fruit was given. Right. And that's all I said. Right. And I watched this prior patriarch and prior stake president. Well, he's prior. There's no prior on a patriarch, like this patriarch who's not practicing anymore actively and a prior stake president and a couple bishops and whatever. And they're shaking their head like in disbelief that I just said that. And I'm like, did I let that ruin my day? No. I smiled, right? I didn't say anything crazy. I just said what isn't in the scriptures or basically what I broke a tradition, right, that we blame Eve for that when she wasn't even there. Now, what that means from there, I still haven't completely determined for myself. All I did was point it out, right? And I didn't let it ruin my day, right? I just said what I was supposed to, but you know what else I noticed and discerned and then found out later was actually true? There were a couple brothers in there who had a light bulb go on for them. And I realized that that's the way Christ operated. He didn't go into situations just to stir up trouble. Unless there was somebody there that would receive what he actually said, right? right? Which is how we have stories like a Nicodemus who said, hey, meet me outside. I want you to teach me more about this Christ, right? Teach me more about this second birth that you're talking about. Or, Or different scenarios where Christ himself taught somebody who heard what he had to say. Right. So that's who you're there for in those circumstances. If you're told to say something or if you're told to to act on something where other people might judge you, you're there for the people that are prepared to receive it. And it's a choice, an opportunity for people who aren't. But it doesn't really matter. Like, don't get hung up in the in the how all this is going to turn out. Just get hung up in the I'm doing this no matter what.
0: Yeah. Just think about. If in that moment you see those leaders shaking their heads no, and you're like, oh, I said something wrong. I should probably keep that to myself from here on out. All of you podcast listeners wouldn't have heard what he just said. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Now, we we are at a critical point where the Lord needs you. To step up and help do the work he called you to a battalion and gave you an option to join it or not join it i love in the youth comp the youth one where him and wendy did the the youth devotional and called them to the battalion i missed this just last week i taught the the young people in our ward and i was reviewing that and in there he talks about the gathering of Israel, right? Is what they're called. That's why these young people are on the earth is to be part of that work. Nothing more important than that. The part that I missed is he said that those who are of the house of Israel will be more likely to hear the voice of the Lord and desire to be gathered. And then he said, we are gathering the elect from the four corners of the earth, I had never heard that before. He differentiated that it's not everybody. Not yet. There's elect that we are gathering right now, and he said that those. If you follow the footnotes of that talk out, there's other places where he talks about that the the house of Israel. People who belong to that are foreordained to that because they chose spirituality in the pre-mortal existence. So we go around so worried about saving every single soul, which we absolutely have to love and cherish just like the Lord does everybody.
1: And back to President Oaks, who said, and this is interesting, and I had no idea why I picked up on this until this moment, which is revelation in action in this moment. President Oaks said in both of his talks, the only thing I lifted that he said twice was that God will save his creations. He quoted that scripture twice, which is exactly why you need to understand that right now in the context of what Greg is saying. Stop trying to be everybody else's savior, right? That's not your, your job, right? You can be a proxy savior and assist with salvation with those whom God has given you, right? If he asks you to, if he asks you to, but if you're trying to go around and save all of his creation, that's not your job. And you're going to burn out. Your little light doesn't have enough power Yep. To to emanate enough force to have that happen, you can be a piece yep. of Christ's plan of salvation for other people, yep. but only in conjunction with those that you've been given That's a right. stewardship for. And if you can't, you can't overextend the stewardship you've been given, even with your family. You have to go to the Lord and say, "Am I am I good? Have I done everything I can?" And only personal revelation will tell you that. But He's capable of saving his creations, right? right. which is what President Oakes said. It's not your job.
0: Your stewardship may be as simple as being willing to open your mouth, like Tyson did, with something that maybe goes against the traditions. And you open your mouth in class and say that, and you're looking around, and everybody's like, slack-jawed at you. But as you pan that room, there's one person that's nodding their head. And that one person was the one person that you were supposed to touch. Yep. And you don't have to worry about what everybody else thinks. No. In those moments, now I will look at that person and I will say, Lord, is that why I said that? Is he or she why I said that? And he'll say, yes. Yeah. And then I always ask, do you want me to teach them anything else? And sometimes he'll say, yes. A lot of times he says, no. They just needed that piece so that they could progress and move forward with where they're at. Yep. You have to get to a point where you're connected to the Lord. You're looking at him. Stop looking away to see what everybody else is thinking, what everybody else is saying. Yep. You're going to just, you're going to miss so much. Like You're going to be living so far below your privileges. Yep. The Lord is ready to teach you himself. Yep. Please listen to the prophet say that to you a thousand times over. <laughs> and look at
1: what the prophet is doing for heaven's sakes. Right? If he gave two rips about what other people thought versus what the Lord wanted him to do, he would have never stepped up and said, okay, We got to change this tradition of being mormons this is the church of jesus christ right right i mean but yeah (laughs) go down the list of everything he's doing right including i can hear the collective sigh of the pharisaical element within the church i'll call them out for what they are right i could hear the collective sigh and head shaking as he encouraged the sisters to step up and start operating right
0: i've actually heard men complain about it
1: already right blows my mind right but guess what? That's who they are, right? Like, they are the element of opposition within the kingdom of God, right? Who, are going, who should propel you forward in your progress of discipleship, right? They should help you to see, oh, they're opposition, right? And it shouldn't be your motivation to go out and try and tick them off. But it shouldn't hold you back from doing what you need to do. They're going to do what they do anyway. Greg and I have people listening to this podcast right now. Just trying to, to trying to catch us saying something that we shouldn't say so that they can turn us in and feel like they've done their just due. Yep. Well I would liken you to Paul because Paul did the same thing when he was Saul right yep. when he was when he was stoning prophets right including Stephen right and other saints right like that's okay. they're playing a, a role of opposition. they I mean whether we like it or not, we need them right you need those people in your life to be opposition in order for you to make a choice yep. if there if everyone just said oh yeah yeah everything you're saying is true and they just went along what opposition did you have to actually grow from what right did you, to, how did you learn it right yeah, how, how did you, you how did you learn to love your enemy like Christ said right do good to them that, that abuse you right yep. and there will come a point in time and I'm telling you brothers and sisters it's coming where you're going to have to act Or you're going to be acted upon. That's right. And it's really on upon it's upon us already. It's already happening. Right.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You are in that program currently. You are either acting or you're being acted upon. Period.
1: So I suggest if you don't like being acted upon, which is probably what you're complaining about, then start acting.
0: Yep. Step up. Listen to the Lord, and do what He wants you to do. Get in your own game. Worry about yourself. Worry about receiving revelation for yourself from the Lord and then get up and start acting because if you don't start acting, you're cut off like this is the new program. The Lord's the prophet said for the Lord. If you don't figure out how to connect to that personal revelation, you will not survive the coming day. We are in that day right now.
1: And if you're wringing your hands about what everyone else is thinking or doing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you're not getting personal revelation. I guarantee you're not getting personal revelation. At least not at the level you need it in order to survive what's coming. Yep. You might be getting tidbits here and there. And the Lord is like, I just want to open the floodgates. Yeah. That's all I want to do. Look at me. I'm your savior. Savior of the world over here. I just want to open the floodgates for you. Yep. And you're holding that back because you're spending all this time in worry about what other people are doing or what they're going to think or how yeah, the my tradition kids, says. what the tradition says, what my kids are, what, what they're not doing, what my husband or wife should be doing. Right. Like you're, you're spending all this time wasting energy on things that you can't fix instead of actually doing the thing that you covenanted to do. Just step up and start acting.
0: Yeah. Amen. 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 <laughs> <laughs> ah brothers and sisters we love you so much we are so grateful to be a part of this work with his simple truths we're so grateful for you You love and prayers we feel it we feel your strength we're so grateful for those of you who support us financially and helping us that way so grateful we're so excited to see the progress and the um just the amazing things that are happening with the mentoring program. And, and we're so grateful for those of you who are having the courage to, to send a podcast to your friends with two knuckleheads from North Idaho and be like, hey, you should listen to these guys. Yeah. <laughs> and to watch, to see people's hearts opening more and more right now. So the, listening, the listeners to the podcast over the last two months has doubled Wow! in two months' time because of what you guys are doing to help share this. Yeah, people are hungry for more light and knowledge, so don't be afraid to give it to them. They yep. want it. They need it. If you don't know how to give it to them yourself, send them a podcast. Say, hey, just check these guys out. See what you think. Yep. And what you may find is a battle buddy yeah. that you can start walking with.
1: Yep. And I can tell you, so many are like, holy smokes, like I sent this to a friend. I kind of thought that they were wanting to dig deeper and challenge themselves a little more spiritually. And we just, like, went to the temple for the third time this week together. And, like, we are, like, sharing these this understanding that we've been getting from the Lord, which is what President Oaks just said to do, right? Get together in intimate groups and talk about these important things. Just don't share them as doctrine to the whole world, right? That's right. Don't present them as doctrine. Right. but But get together by all means. And the only way that happens is... Is by you acting right Yep. and not act being acted acting upon
0: with courage. Yep. All right. Gospel's true. God loves you. Hoorah! God be with you till we meet again.